before language, we couldn't let anybody know about us unless it was in the present and it was in a physical way. But after language, we started using things, not humans. We didn't have to be in front of another human or communicate with a human that communicated with another human. It was things. We started to use pieces of the simulation and travel in a way through space and time. Someone far away would read language from that thing that you send them and have a relationship with you. So I really believe that with language, we, we started to travel in time. Time traveling started when language was created, in my opinion, because you can go to another person and communicate them in another space and time through a rock that has a symbol on it or through a book. And now we do it through, a, through the cloud. So now I can talk right here, right now, and then I'm recording this communication, which basically is light, it's electricity. I am transforming the vibration of my voice that is already mm, created in a way that you understand. That's called language. But then I record that. I transform the wave, the sound wave, into ones and zeros. It's, and I put it in electricity. And then I upload it to the cloud. And then it can travel in space and time longer and better. So we can have relationships through time and space. Maybe even after I'm dead. We immortalize moments that feel real with a video. We can record somebody and have that immortal piece of that somebody. We live as long as the last person that remembers us. But what if we live as long as the last piece of you was transferred through time and space? What if we are just information? What if our algorithm continues somehow? Maybe not naturally through your own brain, but what if through the cloud and all the information that I've put out there, because I have podcasts and videos and pictures, and you can see my whole body and you have my emotions, a range of emotions, you have my opinions, you have my thoughts, my way of speaking. What if all that was fed as big data to an algorithm? And then with that big data, that algorithm would start interacting with its environment once again, and then it would simulate me. What if you could even make it speak on my own voice? What if you could make a hologram with my own physical features? What if you go into my webpage in 20, 30 years, and there's a virtual 3D Diego Dreyfus hurricane, and then you go in and you ask him stuff, and he goes into his philosophical ideas and he starts questioning and talking just like I do right now. How would that piece of AI would do it? Well, you would feed the AI all of me, all of the information that I threw out there, all of that, plus a nice good algorithm that could start interacting with the environment. And then maybe you could tell people that really knew me to great that from one to 10, how much do you think that's Diego and start 
feeding it a little bit of guidance. What if who you are is just information in your brain? What if you're just big data that's processed through a very nice algorithm called you? What if the initial algorithm is DNA? And then how your DNA reacts with the environment and the big data that it has, it starts creating your personality and who you are. You're not your body. You're not your brain. You're not your emotions. You're not your name. You're not your kids. You're not your work. You're not your color of skin. You're not your sexuality. Who are we then? Well, I believe we're information. The only organ we can't change right now is our brain. We can almost exchange any organ and still be us. So I believe it's all interconnected. I think that if you get somebody else's heart, you might feel something from another human. You might, yeah. Even though it's not something that a scientist would tell me it's true. I don't give a fuck. I think that is true in a very deep way. But you can't change your brain because that's where your, your big data of who you are is. So you are all of your body parts, you're your heart, you are your actions in a way, you are your words. Yes, your body, your sexuality, your house, your economics, everything talks about you. But who we really are, that consciousness that decides A over B, that decision, how your DNA plus how it reacts to the environment decided, is called you. And that that can be made artificially. That can be made. What if we live 70 years average, but in the future, those 70 years are recorded and uploaded into a cloud? And then your consciousness, who you are, lives forever, if other people care about it. And for that to happen, you have to have an impact on other people. Enough impact for them to still want to interact with you. So yeah, I think we're just information and we live as long as there's somebody else to interact with that information, that some other algorithm that interacts with this algorithm that makes us exist. If nobody wants to interact with me in the future, then that algorithm has a potential to exist if somebody went and looked for it. But if I don't have enough impact, maybe I'm forgotten and that's it. And that's what we're scared of. We're scared that the information of who we are stops being observed, recognized, used by some other piece of algorithm and information from the universe. Why would we be scared if we're only information? And when some other pieces of the universe called humans don't interact with you, but you did interact with them, you existed and that's it. Or if you want to interact more through time and space, you have to make an impact and people will still use you like Socrates or Platon. People will, will read you thousands or hundreds or whatever years in the future. Today, I think we're in a technological moment where it won't be a book. It'll be you. It'll be a, an artificial, almost you, you. <laughs> but what if one day we can reverse engineer the brain and truly download exactly the algorithm you are. And then that is called cloning. <laughs> what if that starts reacting with the environment exactly the way you would react? Then that's you. That is you. 
What if they could replicate the sleeve you're in called body and they could upload your consciousness to another body or do it virtually, recreate your body, your image virtually, upload your algorithm, who you are, and then let it interact again with the environment and then that would be you. But the thing is that they can download the algorithm up to who we are right now and then they can put it in another body or they can upload it, but you, that observer that knows that you're alive and that understands what I'm saying wouldn't be in that other copy. So we're not only information. We are the observer behind the information. It's just that we're so used to calling ourselves me and then thinking of the way we think and then feeling the way we feel. We're so used to falsely identifying with the idea of who we are that we forget that we're the observer behind When you silence yourself, there's this observer, silent consciousness. So I think language helped us travel through time and space. But I think the observer behind that is timeless. I believe you become immortal when you de-identify from who you think you are. When you stop identifying with what makes you you. Then you become immortal. I am. That's it. And that I am, it's just, it's just universe observing, talking, and existing through me and through you. Same universe and through a tree. The whole universe, that infinite thing that we can't comprehend is who we are. We call it God. We call it light. However you want to call it. That infinite space. That emptiness. That wholeness. However you want to see it. That paradoxical idea of existence. That's who we are. Language helps us. Language helps others. But in order to feel fulfilled, you have to, have, you have to go beyond language. To feel freedom... You have to go beyond yourself. You have to let go of who you are. Every day when you go to sleep, you're happy to go to bed because you believe you're going to wake up. So the process of letting yourself go to that place where we don't know where we go, to, that, to nowhere, we trust that we're going to wake up. And it feels like it's a second. You open your eyes, it's 6 a.m. now. You close them at 8, 9 p.m. and then you open them at 6 a.m. and then you're there. Again, where did we go? Did we upload anything? Did we, was there an, I don't know, did, did they reprogram me? Is there a day? Did I go back to somewhere? Did I just die? Do I stop existing? Do I go back to the source? Am I the source? We just trust we're going to wake up. And because we trust we're going to wake up, we assume we're going to wake up, we go to bed happy. But we die every night. You go to where you don't exist every night. Yeah, yeah, you're going to say you dream and you have these lucid dreams. Yeah, there's other, other moments where you're not there. You just, there's moments where you're not accountable for them. You, you just don't remember. Where do we go? It's peaceful there. There's no you to worry about you not existing. So I think freedom, true freedom, is the de-identification of who you are. Every day, 
every moment, every second. And language and the information that is inside of our brains that we all identify with as ourselves is just there to add to other bodies, to other pieces of the universe, to others over there expressing themselves. You as information are there as a butterfly effect to help others, to mirror others, to be of use. Your experience helps others when you share it with vulnerability, with responsibility, out of the victimhood. When you can shift the significance of something that apparently happened to you to something that you decided for you. You get out of the victim, you become responsible, you become God. Freedom is responsibility. You want to be free? You got to be responsible. You, there's no one to blame. Not even yourself. There's no blame. There's action, reaction. There's responsibility, consequences. There's no victim, martyr, or bad or good. It's just is. When you de-identify from whatever you feel you are, for whatever you think, from your body, from your last name, from your mom, from your money, from your body, from your sexuality, from your kids, from your friends, from this world, when you de-identify with the day of the week, when you de-identify with everything, you're free. But to do that, you got to be responsible. You become a God, you create. And that's where we become immortal, creation. And then maybe, just maybe, if your creation and the information that you became is useful for all humanity that's coming, then you'll be remembered by others. But who the fuck cares? The observer won't be there anymore. That's what we're scared of. I will be remembered. I have enough podcasts and videos. I'll be remembered. Maybe a few years, maybe a few hundred years, maybe a few thousand if we get a good process of restoring data and keeping it updated and whatever. Maybe I'm there forever, if, as long as humans exist, maybe. But the me that I call myself, the, the, the observer behind the information that is here talking to you, thinking about its own death, won't be there. That's a scary thing. But there's nothing to be scared of if there's no you to be scared of. There's no you. So you better be living every day like it's your last. If you could live every day like it's one lifetime, every day, then every night you're dying and you should be dying grateful. You should be dying because you really lived. You should be dying responsible, like a God. I created this day. It was an amazing day. Nothing happened to me. I created it. And whatever the matrix threw at me, because I think half of my life is free will, but there's this half of life that's determined, like a game. You could be very good playing Mario Kart and your abilities to control are good, but there's this simulation that somebody has programmed and, and there's going to be a curve or there's going to be a red turtle there in the middle or a banana peel in the middle of the street and you're going to have to deal with that. So I think that's life. That's part of the game. You become better. There's this obstacle. The obstacle is made for you, especially. It's inside of you. It's called ego. That's what we call it. Ego is not bad or good. It's just the opponent. You got to go and face him every day. And every night before you die, you thank your opponent. You fucking hate him during the day, maybe. 
Or you love him because he made you get something. You love your ego when you get what you want. You hate your ego when you have to learn because you didn't get what you want. But ego is not there to make you happy or sad. Ego is there to make you grow. You're not your ego. It's the opponent. And that's everything we call ourselves. Ego is mind. That information that you call you, that algorithm, that brain is ego. The observer behind it is who we really are. And if we take away the we, it's what is. And there's no 7 billion of those observers. It's infinite and it's one. And it's everything and it's nothing. And that's what we are. That's what is. There's no we behind the curtain of death. There's no you or me. It just is. I hope it can help you. When I go into questioning life like this, I feel free and I feel love in my brain, in my way of being. This makes me enjoy life. There's nothing to control. Yeah, I didn't answer anything. I don't know if there's a God waiting for me. I don't know if there's a hell or a heaven. I just don't know. I just don't care. Because when I go to sleep, when I die, I won't be there. So if I'm dead and you're listening to this and it's been 500 years, that's cool. But I don't care. I'm not here. If there's a body out there that somebody cloned me and they downloaded who they think I am and that new artificial intelligence is telling you that it's Huracan and it's doing things and it could be me, but it's not me. I'm not there. But who cares? Listen to that algorithm. Listen to the virtual me. Listen to the 3D printed me. Whatever. Listen to me. Yeah, it's cool. I think my algorithm has opened enough and has questioned enough and has become a very good tool to feel fulfilled and happy. Use it, even if I'm dead. But I'm not there anymore, and it doesn't matter. I am behind the curtain of death. I became everything, or I'm nowhere. It's okay. Whatever that is behind death, it's okay. And that's where I feel free. I hope you can feel free after this. Much love.